Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network. And it is great to be back. It's Wednesday. Happy hump to everyone. You know what that means. It's second half. Mailbag. Y'all hit it out of the ballpark once again, like my ride or die crew always does. Excited to answer your questions. And yes, even off a of bye week, you all have a lot of questions. I have a lot of news to discuss I am going to be referencing Mike Tomlin's press conference throughout this podcast, but I do want to remind everyone out there, if you're listening to this show and you want to know a little bit more about what Mike Tomlin said or didn't say, go check out Dave Schofield's press conference recap. That's his own podcast, which kind of, hey, you want to save yourself the 30 minutes of listening to Mike Tomlin field questions to the media. Dave normally has it for you around 15. So there you go. Go check out that podcast if you're interested. But I got to be honest, the Mike Tomlin press conference was really surprising for me. It was really surprising. There were some, uh, well, let me put it this way. Mike Tomlin was kind of testy. I was surprised that he was testy coming off a bye week. He looked like, I've seen this side of Mike Tomlin before from a spectator's perspective. It's typically when the team is really struggling. I remember this in 2013 when they were 0-4. He got really testy with the media because he was sick of answering the same questions over and over again. And even though the team is three and two, coming off a of bye week, getting healthy, he just he just seemed really annoyed. Really, really annoyed. We'll get to all that because the topic of today's discussion is about critical decisions that are upcoming for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. As we always do with the news, we're going to talk about injuries. Good news for the Steelers. If you've been following the SteelCurtainNetwork.com. You know all about Deontay Johnson and Anthony McFarlane Jr. had their 21-day return to the 53-man roster window started. So in case you don't know what this means, let me explain it quickly. All this means 
is that the Pittsburgh Steelers said that Deontay Johnson and Anthony McFarland, who are on injured reserve, they are now able to return to practice. They have three full weeks from the moment they make that announcement until they have to decide either they come back to the regular 53-man roster. If they don't, then they are on season-ending IR. I don't think either of these players have injuries that would equate to them being on IR, but it also does not mean that they are guaranteed to be back in the lineup this Sunday when the team travels to LA to play the Rams. So, but the good news is that they're at least on their way back. Also good news, Pat Fryermuth, hamstring injury, Dan Moore, knee sprain, Presley Harvin, big press, hamstring injury, James Daniels, groin and DeMarvin Leal concussion, all should be back at practice. They all should be back in practice this week, and Mike Tomlin did state that, you know, as he always does, their overall availability and their how much they can do is going to be a big factor of whether they get the green light to play against the Rams or whether they have to sit out another week. He, there was no update on Cam Hayward, but just as a reminder, in case you didn't catch my Monday show, uh, which I had Alan Saunders of Pittsburgh Steelers now on, and he's also the Steelers Afternoon Drive host, which is on the Fans for Sports Network. Cam Hayward's just starting to run yet. So Allen said he thought that after the, after the Thursday night game against the, I believe, the Titans would be a good time for Cam to come back. I think that's a, a pretty accurate timeline, give or take, unless something crazy happens, like a setback. All right, there's your news, the injury updates. And we're going to reference Mike Tomlin because, like I said, he was testy. He was a little testy. And I feel like there are some critical decisions ahead for this team And a lot of it is based on fans and the fan reaction, the fans' trust. The fans' trust in the process. The fans' trust in how things happen and why they happen. Well, I'm going to be honest. It's wavering. It is wavering. We have always seen a good portion of the fan base that thinks that Mike Tomlin might be overrated, that might think that the team could do better, and that, you know, really the fire Tomlin crew, we'll put it that way. That, that's always been there. But I will be honest, a lot of fans, even those devout Mike Tomlin supporters, that trust, that belief in him as a leader is starting to waver. You can see it across the board. All of a sudden, these people that were always the ones screaming, yeah, but Mike Tomlin, he's always got the team in it. They're always comp- competing for a playoff spot. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. We all know that the, the same things there get regurgitated. They even them are starting to say, like, what the heck's going on? Why are they doing this? And so there are some decisions that have to be made from a personnel standpoint and from a schematic standpoint that I guarantee you the fan base is keeping a very close eye on. Why are they keeping a close eye? Because how this team handles this, if they, in the fans' opinion, botch this, it's going to go south really quick. Again, I'm not suggesting that the fan base has any say on what the team does from an organizational standpoint. They don't. But what I am going to say is that the fan base does have a say in how they feel about the team, the direction of the team, and how they support the team. So let's start off with the personnel decisions. These have been talked about a lot throughout the bye week. And then with the extra practice on Monday, a lot of fans... We're reading the headlines. I wrote this article for SteelCurtainNetwork.com, and I use quotes from Pat Meyer. And Pat Meyer, he was the one that said, "Look, if Dan Moore's healthy, we'll have to make that decision. You know, well, whether they're going to whether they're going to stay with Broderick Jones or whether they're going to go back to Dan Moore." 
And I read that. I was like, wow, that's he's he's walking that line. You know, the Dave Schofield answer, if you watch the watch or listen to the Steelers preview, not willing to take a side, one side or the other. So I get it. I understood him doing that and taking that stance. But then you hear that Dan Moore was back at practice and he was taking first team reps. And Broderick Jones supposedly denied talking to the media, whether it was because he just didn't want to talk or whether it was because he was pissed off that he wasn't starting. I don't know. Not going to jump to conclusions because I don't know. But I will say this. It's a, it's a situation that really got under the skin of the fan base. They just cannot wrap their heads around the fact that if, if, if Dan Moore is healthy, how could you put him back at left tackle when you traded up to get this rookie who just played really well against a really good defensive front in the Baltimore Ravens? I've said it before. I'll say it again. If the alternative, in this case, Broderick Jones, is no worse than what you had prior to with Dan Moore, why not play him? He has a much higher ceiling. And so the fan base is watching this. And Mike Tomlin was asked about this at his press conference. And he said, well, that's a big if, meaning if Dan Moore is cleared to play. Maybe this will be a situation where the Steelers will slow play it and say, well, you know, Dan Moore is not really ready yet. Wouldn't be shocked if today, Wednesday, the first injury report, you see Dan Moore's name as a did not practice or was limited because then it gives them an excuse. See Broderick Jones against the Rams. If he doesn't play well, Dan Moore comes back. He's healthy. There you go. The rookie's not ready. Wouldn't be shocked. But the fan base, again, is going to be watching this decision in terms of personnel. Also, the Joey Porter Jr. and Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson and how they're going to utilize these three cornerbacks. I'm very vocal, stating that I don't think that this is a either-or situation. That Joey Porter Jr. needs to start and that... Uh, in this case, maybe Levi Wallace needs to be benched or that Patrick Peterson shouldn't be playing as much. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm suggesting that the Pittsburgh Steelers utilize all three, but Joey Porter Jr. snaps increase incrementally. It should be it should be a noticeable change in how they utilize their defensive backs. So when I think about Joey Porter Jr., again, the Steelers fan base is probably just like, okay, if we don't see a lot of Joey Porter Jr. in this game, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? But let's hold off on those conclusions and let's talk about schematic stuff. Offense, defense. What is, what are the decisions that need to be made there? Because the, the personnel decisions that we just talked about are going to be, they're, they're going to weigh heavy. So offensively, I want to see something that Alan Saunders brought up on my Monday show when he talked about how horrible the Steelers' scripted plays are. Go back to last week's Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. He talked about it as well. I think it might have been two weeks ago where he talked about how poor they are in the first quarter, mainly in the first few drives of the game. Just awful. That's got to get better. I don't understand how that is so bad, those scripted plays. Last season, what was the biggest change in the Steelers coming out of the bye week? You can call it the second half, whatever. Just coming out of the bye week. They found an identity, right? They protected the football, they committed to running the ball, and they limited the risk that the quarterback had to take, and they won games that way. And I'm not suggesting that they go to that identity, but they need to find an identity coming out of the bye week. What are we going to hang our hat on? What is going to be the thing that we do as a Pittsburgh Steelers offense that we can say, you know what, if things aren't going right, we can do this. That's what we want to see coming out of the bye week. And lastly, for the offense, 
Get the most out of the players you have on the roster. I'm really sick and tired of seeing Najee Harris run into loaded boxes. I'm really sick and tired of seeing Pat Fryermuth being asked to be like an inline blocker over and over again when everyone and their brother knows he's better suited for the slot or a bunch formation where he can get a clean release, use his athleticism and his size to create mismatches against either safeties, smaller, or linebackers, slower. Please, for the love of all things holy, on the offensive side of the ball, come out of this bye week getting the most out of the players on your current roster. Let's go to defense. For me, I I, I can't stand, I cannot stand it, when Mike Tomlin is asked a good question and he completely poo-poos the question because he doesn't want to go there. And that's exactly what he did when my buddy, Chris Carter, and I still laugh because we used to talk all the time when we did podcasts together on a weekly basis. If I was in there, I'd ask this question, this question, and this question. And it gives me an immense amount of pride to say that Chris Carter is now in there asking those questions. And he asked Mike Tomlin, hey, you know, a common theme throughout this season has been that the Steelers' defensive secondary has given up a lot of yardage to one receiver. And you can go back down the list. Brandon Ayuk, Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams. You get the picture. We all lived it. We all saw it. And so he's like, so, you know, what what's going on here? And Mike Tomlin says, well, you know, I mean, I don't like to go into those analytics. Analytics? This isn't pro football focus grading. This is factual informa- information that your secondary has been gashed by one receiver multiple times this year. And sometimes they haven't even been the team's best receiver. And so nonetheless, I hate how he brushed off that question, but that's something that needs to change. And that's what Mike Tomlin said. Well, you know, we're just wait and see, essentially. Let's wait and see. Okay, we'll wait and see, but we better see something. That's a decision that needs to be made. And how, how can we stop the bleeding on the defensive side of the ball? Whether it's the run defense, it's been porous at times, through the air, it's got to be more, and this is one of the things I was looking to see in terms of the decisions that are made. I want to be, I want to see a defense that's more than just 90 and 56. TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. That's what I want to see. I want to see a defense that's more well-rounded and not just, okay, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, go save the day again. I said it on a previous podcast, superheroes save the day, which is great. You don't want them to have to save the day every day. You know, go back to the comic books. They weren't out there doing this every day. Peter Parker still lived a regular life until they needed him. So come on. Can we get someone else other than 90 and 56? Please, please. So these decisions, okay, they're not just decisions by Mike Tomlin. Some of these decisions are going to be made by his coordinators. Nonetheless, they're underneath his umbrella. And they're going to dictate the success or failure of this team moving forward. You know, you, you make the right decisions. And this is where a lot of people would say, well, does Tomlin even care about the fan base? In a way, he does. In a way, he doesn't. He's not going to let a fan base dictate how he runs a team, nor should he. I don't expect him to. But if he has any type of finger on the pulse of the Steelers fan base, he will know that if they make the right decisions here, and I mean the right decisions not from a fan, I am a fan, if they start Broderick Jones, Joey Porter sees a lot of playing time, the offense looks visibly different and improved, defense, ditto, but the fans are going to start to be like, okay, let's calm it down, let's pump the brakes a little bit, 
And let's say they're at least moving in the right direction. But if they don't, oh my gosh, that is not going to be pretty. That is not going to be pretty. You are going to see a fan base that is absolutely done. Done. And I hate to say that, but it's true. They're going to be absolutely done with Mike Tomlin. They're going to be done with the sayings and the, the slogans and all the pomp and circumstance. And it's going to be really difficult to answer any questions from a fan who sees someone, another rookie, out there doing their thing, making plays, and then the Steelers are watching their rookie sitting on the bench. Yeah, Keanu Benton is playing, but would Keanu Benton be playing if Cam Hayward was still healthy? Probably not much. He'd be behind Montrevious Adams, I guarantee it. So this is a situation where decisions need to be made. I would say they're critical decisions, and they're going to have consequences. They're going to have consequences on the field, and they're going to have consequences off the field in terms of perception and how the this fan base handles Mike Tomlin moving forward. All right, there's no DEFCON level update this week because the Steelers didn't play. That'll be back next week. Coming up right after this break, we have the mailbag segment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. I appreciate y'all sticking with me. A little rant uh, there at the end. I mean, sometimes Mike Tomlin really pisses me off. Nonetheless, I never, I never get sick and tired of answering questions. Every Tuesday morning, I put out the tweet. A little bit late today, kind of forgot. That's okay. I just say, hey, fire away with questions. I used another uh, few good men gift because that seemed to be working so far leading into the bye week. So here we go. Let's start with Jeff Coons, good friend from up north, the great white north. He said, we use words like honor, code, loyalty. Colonel Jessup is Mike Tomlin's loyalty to inferior coaches. And by the way, all those words that he used, honor, code, loyalty, that is from A Few Good Men. That's a quote from there. Anyways, he said, is Mike Tomlin's loyalty to inferior coaches and a refusal to intervene when they fail holding back to the success of the team? And then he adds, you want me on that wall, you need me on that wall, and you want me to paint it red. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> hey, if you have red paint, paint it red. So let's go back to the question. Is his loyalty to inferior coaches a refusal to intervene, holding back the success? Uh, I don't know. Uh, ultimately, I think it's Mike Tomlin's decision to bring in coaches. 
And so therefore, he's never going to want to admit mistake. So think about a position coach that maybe isn't up to snuff. How long do they stick around? Probably the duration of the contract. It might not be just based on Mike Tomlin or or maybe Art Rooney II saying we're not going to pay a coach to not do anything, but it might have everything to do with Mike Tomlin not wanting to admit they made a mistake. It's the same reason why the organization never likes to part ways with draft picks. They hate to admit they made a mistake. I was shocked. I don't think if Kevin Colbert was still with the Steelers that there's any way they would have traded Kendrick Green or Kevin Dotson. They don't like to admit mistakes, yet Omar Khan said these aren't my guys, so they're out of here. Keep that in mind. Heath Davis asked several questions. He said, El Jefe, could you see a James Daniel move to center, Dan Moore to right guard, and Broderick Jones starting at the tackle position? Or are we benching Jones for Moore again? Well, I talked about that in the first half. Could I see James Daniel move to center? I think only in an emergency, meaning Mason Cole gets hurt. And if that happens, I think you would more it's more likely that you don't see Dan Moore go to guard. You would see Nate Herbig go to guard, and then the rest takes care of itself. Next from Heath, why are the Steelers babying their rookie class so much? Najee, Muth, and Pickens were immediate starters. Even the notorious Kendrick Green started as a rookie. They were put to the test early. Why do the coaches seem reluctant to do that with Jones and Joey Porter? I don't know. I wish I knew. I do know that Kendrick Green, he started out of necessity. It was not because he outperformed everyone else. He started because they had to have him start. That salary cap situation was not good. Pickens deserved it. Najee, they didn't have much at running back at the time. Pat Fryermuth, is same. I think it comes down to who they have at the position ahead of them. But I think it's time that they let him play. Final question from Heath. If Kenny Pickett doesn't turn the corner this year, how long do you give him with a new coordinator before you move on? He only has a possible five-year contract as a first-rounder. We've wasted two of them with Canada. So let's go down this road. Let's say that they fire Matt Canada or do not extend his contract at season's end. So they bring in a new coordinator. Now, according to you, like you said, five years. They don't have to pick up that fifth year. We need to keep that in mind. But let's say they will. I think they would. That means that gives them at least two seasons three if you count the fifth year, with a new coordinator to get it right. It's going to give Kenny Pickett a little bit of time, a little bit of leeway to prove like, hey, it wasn't me, it was him. But if he doesn't do it with a new coordinator, then you know who's at fault. We'll put it that way. All right, let's go to QB Haskins. Haskins QB1, my apologies. He said, hey, Jeff, it's been a while since I asked a question. Why does Mike T always play down to his opponents? It's always been we lose games we should win and win games we should lose. And is it possible we have a new OC and DC next season? I wish I knew the answer to the Mike Tomlin question. Sometimes teams get got, as, as they say. Uh, sometimes teams overlook opponents. I, I, I've been a part of coaching where you have a team prepared. You're doing everything you can as a coach, and the players have to go out and execute. They have to take that team seriously, and maybe they don't. It's a tough answer. To, it's a tough answer. It really is. Now, is it possible they'll have a new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator next season? It's more likely offensive coordinator. I think they like Terrell Austin. I think they feel that Terrell Austin can be that guy for them, especially if Mike Tomlin's still there to help. Uh, Nonetheless, it is possible, I guess. You know, that's the question you asked. Let's go to Doc M, Southside Doc. What aspects of the team performance can, or rather need, to be changed to move the team in a positive direction? What changes are outside the scope of what can be done in a season but need to be addressed to win a championship? Okay, so in season, go back to the first half, what I mentioned. 
you know, defensively finding some sort of balance in the back half that can help even out the defense, not relying so much on TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Offensively, what is their identity? What are they going to lean on? What, what can they hang their hat on? All those euphemisms there. Now, that stuff's in season that can change. What needs to be done outside the scope of what can be done in season is we're talking about an overhaul. We're talking about bringing in a new offensive coordinator, new offensive philosophy, changing that culture and changing the perception and the plan. If they went in a different direction on defense, maybe, but also it's adding talent, winning in free agency, the draft. And I hate when people will say, like, oh, winning, you don't win anything. No, but you have to make good moves. So, like, Isaac Sayamalo is starting to round into form. It's looking better and better by the week. However, we've known plenty of free agent pickups in the Mike Tomlin era that have not panned out. you got to win those pickups and those free agent signings. Same with the draft. Can't have a lot of Kendra Green's third-round pick. Got to have more hits. That's what you got to do to be a championship contender. Phil D says, hi, Jeff. At this point, after all we have seen this season and seasons past, what is Gunnar O going to have to do to get cut? When they activate McFarland, will it finally be the end? I think the end is near for Gunnar Olszewski, but they don't need to cut him right now. So in other words, if McFarland and Deontay Johnson can come back and they're healthy and they're secure with all that stuff, I could see that being the point that Gunnar is released. I don't expect him to be active once Deontay Johnson is back. I don't expect him to have a roster spot when Anthony McFarland comes back. But until those two players come back, I think he hangs around. Hate to tell you that. All right, JC said, can we be more positive? As a whole Steelers nation is like is acting like Chicken Little. The Steelers are a billion-dollar organization. The, the, the takes we are hearing every day are toxic and negative. More than ever, our team needs our support. The dooming black and white takes need to go. We act like know-it-alls, when in reality, this is none of our professional background. I follow this team religiously nonstop year-round. Heart and soul go into this team. We all need to stop being so negative, support, and know the ship will eventually right itself. I'm done. Sorry. JC, my man. I'm Hey, I'm sorry. If you feel like my podcast has been negative, I feel like I'm one of the more positive guys on the podcast platform, personally, but uh, my apologies. But hey, I'm not going to tell the podcasters and the writers of Steel Curtain Network how to think, how to feel, what to say. And that that would be stripping them of all their intellectual property in terms of how they want to handle their respective jobs. So I understand what you're saying. And I do think that we could all use a jolt of positivity when it comes to the Steelers. Nonetheless, I hope you can understand where I'm coming from as well. Afton Forehead says, I got my Ride or Die Crew hoodie yesterday. It's so comfortable. Thank you, Afton. I'm, I've gotten nothing but positive reviews from the people that have bought Steel Curtain Network gear whether it is the Victory Monday shirt, the Fire Canada shirt, my Ride or Die crew gear, go to my Twitter feed, If you're in case you're wondering how to find this. Go to my Twitter feed, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. My pinned tweet is the link to the T-shirt for the Ride or Die crew, but also the store. Go there, check it out. Thank you for the review, Afton. We appreciate it. She continues, is there any chance the Steelers secondary won't be obliterated by the Rams receivers? I've seen a lot of people talking about the Rams injuries. Will that work in our favor or are we reliving the Houston game? So, okay, let's start with, I had a a vision 
not a good vision, so to speak. I had a vision the other day. I was thinking about this upcoming Week 7 game and the, the weapons that the Rams have and Matthew Stafford. You know what I pictured? I pictured last season's game against the Miami Dolphins. Remember that thing started out and it was like a boat race. And you're thinking, holy cow, the Steelers are going to be down 24 points in the blink of an eye. And they they gave up some points in the first quarter, and then they started to settle in. I can see that happening again with the Steelers settling in. You just have to keep it close. We'll talk about that more on Friday, but I do think that they'll eventually settle in. Next question with the injuries, I've seen mainly the running back situation for the Rams. That's been a main point of injury content. I get, or yeah, injuries are mainly with the running backs. I'm not putting it against anyone to be able to put up points and yards against the Steelers. So we'll put it that way. Ethan McNew says used to be when players left the Steelers, they were never as good as once they left recently. The trend is turning to the opposite with players like Kevin Dotson, Kella Witherspoon and Cam Sutton, who are all playing better than with the time they spent with Pittsburgh. Has the game passed Tomlin by? I don't think the game has passed Tomlin by. I think that sometimes these players, now we're talking about Cam Sutton. I think the Steelers wanted to actually no, they wanted to keep Cam Sutton. He just cost too much money. They weren't willing to pay that much for him. And so he got that deal from Detroit. They couldn't match it, so he's gone. Uh, other players, whether you're talking about Terrell Edmonds, the players you mentioned in the tweet, yeah, sometimes you just find a good fit. You find a team that is playing a system that best fits your style, that best fits your ability. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does. So for every Kevin Dotson and Akella Witherspoon, you also have a Chase Claypool and Artie Burns where it doesn't pan out. So I don't think the game is necessarily passed Tomlin by. Okay, now Ethan continued. This is traditionally around the time frame where long-tenured coaches tend to run out of gas and their systems and schemes tend to be outdated or simply stale. This trend rings true for the likings of Belichick, even the Steelers' own Chuck Nolan Cower towards the end. Yes, every coach does find that time where maybe the message is stale. Bill Cower, he talked about that at length in his book. He's talked about it publicly on CBS that essentially sometimes it, you kind of wonder, like, what's next? I'm not so sure if that's Tomlin yet, though, if I'm being honest. If I'm being honest. All right, Pierce asked the next question. Hey, Jeff, huge fan of all your content. Thank you very much. You and Chris Carter make up my everyday podcast. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoy it. Do you think we see a KPA three touchdown game this season? If so, when? I do. I do. If I had to point to a game, I mean, it could be against LA, but I'll go with Arizona. Arizona, I believe that's a game that the Steelers could maybe put up some points. Maybe that's the first three touchdown game for Kenny Pickett. Dilly Dilly Dalton said, what do you think of Kenny's clutch factor? Is it real, or are we biased by a defense that seals a lot of the close games since the start of 2022? If it is real, is it indicative of his franchise quarterback potential? So I do think his clutch factor is real. You have to make the plays when it matters the most. So I think it's real. I do think the defense helps him seal the games, but also I'm not going to say that his clutch factor is indicative of being a franchise quarterback. The hope is is that you don't have to rely on coming back in the fourth quarter having game-winning drives. So yes and no to answer your questions. David Briggs, he said, Hey, Jeff, have you ever missed watching a Steelers game live since becoming a lifelong fan? If so, when? I asked my wife about this because I read this come through. 
And I was like, I, I asked her, I said, have I missed a Steelers game live in recent memory, at least since I started covering the team in some way, shape, or form? The answer is no. And even going back to probably when I was in high school, I, you'd have to go way back when. Even then, I don't think I missed a game. So we're talking like 1998, even before then. You've got to go back to the mid-90s for me to miss a game. I just don't like to miss them. Number two from David, looking back, what is the craziest thing you've done as a result of your Steelers fandom? My parents let me stay home sick the next day after the 2001 AFC championship game. Um, I've told the story on here. I'm not going to go into the, all the detail about how after the team got T-bowed in the uh, wildcard round in Denver, I went out to take the trash out and I tried to rip off the mailbox cover, the Steelers mailbox cover that we had in the middle of January, and I almost ripped the entire mailbox out of the ground. Was not a crowning achievement. That's probably the craziest thing that I've done. All right, let's go to James. He says, coming out of the bye, what realistic changes do you think will happen versus should happen? Kind of talked about that in the first half, so I feel like I answered that question, but I think it should happen is we see those rookies play and we see some visible change. That's what I want to see, meaning everything. Steeler fan 69 Jeff, longtime follower of your work. Do you have any updates on a former co-contributor of yours, Lance? He said, speaking of Lance, it's not a popular name anymore, but in medieval times, they use Lance a lot. But um, ching, thank you very much. That's a great dad joke. I'm going to use it. I'm going to steal it. I believe, if I recall correctly, Steeler fan 69 you are the one that also gave me the dad joke last week about how you got ketchup in your eye. And now you have hindsight, and I've used that multiple times. Thank you very much. Uh, I have not spoken with Lance in a while. Tried to get him on the podcast in the offseason. Didn't work out. Uh, I know he still does a show with Neil Coolong. Uh, you can check that out. I think it's called uh, the New Standard Podcast. But other than that, no, no hard feelings. Just haven't been in touch. He kind of went in our own separate ways. Joel Crouch said, hey, Jeff. Do you think having Deontay Johnson back in the lineup will help this offense move the ball a little better? With his elite route running, he'll probably draw a lot of double teams. That's got to get guys like Pickens and Austin open more often. I do think it's going to help. I think it's going to help a lot. I thought that before I talked with Alan Saunders on Monday. I feel it even more after speaking with Alan. So, yes, I think it's going to help in every way that you just described. Getting open, drawing attention, it's going to help big time. Angry Girl Dad said, on bye weeks, when you are able, do you watch football just to watch, cheer against AFC competitors, or support a side team from the NFC, and why is it the Detroit Lions? I do not root for any other team. I root against the AFC North, and that's typically it. The only time that I'll root for players or something is if I'm rooting for them with my FanDuel lineup, or maybe if I put a parlay in or something like that. With Pez's Picks, if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, I co-host that with our, our gambling friend, Pez. You can check it out. Just go anywhere you get your podcast, search Pez's Picks. We do one show a week where he puts his picks out there. He didn't do bad in the NFL last week, finished 500. Not so great in college. Go check out Pez's Picks. Good pump. I want to pump that up. It's a good show. You'll learn something if you gamble. So sometimes I do lean towards rooting interest that way. All right, a few more questions here. Tomlin, this is from Chris Turney. Tomlin is extremely smart, so it isn't a lack of intelligence making these decisions. Is it stubborn arrogance? I think there is some stubborn pride to it, but I, I think at the same time, it's a, it's a w- unwillingness to admit in some way, shape, or form defeat. I talked about this already. You, they don't want to admit they were wrong. They don't want to admit they swung and missed. They don't want to admit that maybe that free agent pickup didn't pan out. 
So some things that I think that does play into this. Two more here. Eric said, hey, Jeff, love the podcast. Thank you very much, Eric. My question is pretty simple. Do you believe Steeler fans are in a conundrum with wanting the offense to do well to get to the playoffs and wanting them to do just as bad to make sure Canada isn't back next year? I think it is a catch-22. I think it's a situation where they want the offense to improve, but they don't want it to improve to the point where Matt Canada is welcome back next year. They don't also want to lose either. Like No one wants the team to lose. It's awful. No one likes losing. So I understand where you're coming from, and I think that's it's definitely a challenge. I, I, I tend to lean towards the, I want the team to improve. I want them to realize after the season that they can be better, and they'll make the change then. Last thing here from Easy Pickens. Number one, and Jeff, longtime listener, love the show and what you're doing with Fans First Sports Network. Thank you very much. He said, I have a couple questions below. First, the Steeler way, the standard. These phrases no longer mean what they intend. Every year, easy rookies in when they should be easing rookies in when they should be starting. Rough start, potential, nine and eight, repeat. Is this the new standard? Mediocrity? It truly hurts to see such an accomplished franchise becoming a laughing stock in the league solely due to the Steeler way, quote unquote, in staying loyal, even to a fault next Matt Canada. Wouldn't the change up in the law? Wouldn't wouldn't the change up in the locker room be good? I keep seeing how if Canada's fired, it's going to be the same scheme, obviously, but Canada won't be there. Why kick the can down the road if someone else can call his bad plays? Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Easy Pickens, for the questions and the comments and all the the kind words. I appreciate it. I kind of alluded to this in the first half of the show. That is this, that you have a situation now where Mike Tomlin has been saying these things, and I kind of see it. I feel it. The fan base has had enough. They're just sick and tired of all the talk. All the talk. It reminds me of, oh, it's the, um, I believe it's Billy Madison when Adam Sandler says, too much talky, too much talk. That's what I want to say to Mike Tomlin. Just stop talking. Get the team to play better. Get the team to play better and everything else will fall into place. And I think that now that I've talked this through and this is very cathartic, I thank you for all for listening. Maybe that's what Mike Tomlin is sick of. Maybe he's sick of answering the questions. He just wants to go out there and he wants the team to play better, so he doesn't have to answer these questions. That's what we all want. Maybe we'll see it. I don't know. Week 7, here it comes. We're going to get you ready. On Friday, we're going to have Behind Enemy Lines. The All Bets Are Off segment will be back. The Parlay will be back. We are back, baby. Hope you enjoy all the content. SteelCurtainNetwork.com. Check it out. You know how we finish it up here. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you on Friday. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.